Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. It doesn't happen without prayer. Amen. So let's continue to be involved in that ministry. Psalm chapter 137, the 137th Psalm, beginning with verse number four, or I'm sorry, verse number one. Again, we're so glad to have everybody with us today. And uh, hope you enjoy something about being here that makes you want to come back. Psalm 137, verse number one, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Uh, I'm reading the wrong chapter, aren't I? I noticed that. I mean, they're glad preachers are human. I was reading Psalm 134. 137, verse 1, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. And there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Verse 4, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? I want to preach to you today for just a little while from this thought with the Lord's help. Don't ever hang up your harp. Turn to somebody and say that. Don't ever hang up your harp. Let's pray one more time for God's will to be done in this place. God, we know that you are here. We are gathered here, Lord, in your name. Your word says you'd be here. We are here, Lord, to speak to somebody right now in this part of this service. We just ask you to do it exactly the way you want to do it. God, use the lips of clay of this poor preacher to say what you want us to say. But even more than that, God, let your word be received today as you would have it be received. Let it fall on good ground. Let it there take root and grow into bearing the fruit in the lives of people that you want to bring to pass. For we know that you want nothing but good for us. You want to bless us, God. You want to heal us. You want to pick us up when we're down. God, you want to supply the need when we are in need. But God, whatever you want to do, do that today. In your name we ask according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. One more announcement. want to remind you we will have church Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday night prayer and Bible study at 6.30, but we will dismiss prayer meeting for tomorrow night because of the holiday. Uh, Monday night prayer, going to give you a, a break tomorrow from that. So no Monday night prayer tomorrow night. But Wednesday, we'll see you here at 6.30. Turn to your neighbor and say 6.30. One man was telling a story one time about his experience in traveling, uh, traveling home for the holidays. I believe it was Thanksgiving. And uh, they were traveling uh, several hundred miles, he and his family, uh, 400 miles in fact, on a trip to Grandma's. And the station wagon was packed with kids and all the stuff that you take to Grandma's. And he said, as was our custom before leaving, we prayed. Uh, 
and ask God to protect us on the road. And he did. This man says, God answered our prayer, but in an unusual way. As we were cruising down I-75 in the state of Ohio, we ran over some debris in the road. It made a lot of damage. Uh, sorry, it made a lot of noise, but did no damage, or so we thought. And with every passing mile after the incident, we thought that the crisis had passed and was further and further behind us. But when we pulled off the expressway for gas a few miles later, we were in for a deflating surprise. He said, I felt a sickening, sloppy feeling in the front of the car, and I don't know how I had missed it up until that point, but both front tires were flat. We weren't happy with having to replace the tires, but we were thankful for God's care. Now, I don't know how you can go down the road several miles, especially at a high rate of speed on an interstate highway without knowing you have two flat tires, but apparently that's what God did for them. We were thankful that we didn't have an accident, thankful the tires stayed inflated until we got off the interstate, thankful for the tow truck that actually was already sitting at the gas station where we pulled in off the highway, thankful that a, report, a repair shop was open. We were thankful for God's answer to our prayer. Could I tell you today that God always answers prayer, but He seldom answers it in the way that you ask it. I, I ask God to do things for me all the time, and He hardly ever answers the prayer the way I think I want Him to. This gentleman wanted there to be nothing wrong with his vehicle after running over the debris, but uh, that wasn't the way God decided to answer his prayer, because when he got to the gas station, he found out that there was two flat tires, but God had answered his prayer by causing the vehicle to behave as though there were no flat tires until they could reach a place where they could be replaced. And that's the way God works. That's why the Scripture says to us, in everything give thanks, 1 Thessalonians 5. In everything give thanks. Thank God for it, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Sometimes the circumstances of our life aren't ones that we would naturally be prone to be thankful for. I, I wouldn't just right away think to stand to my feet and jump up and down and praise God uh, if I were to run off the road and total my van. Wouldn't be the first thought that comes to mind, would it? But that's what God says, in everything be thankful, give thanks unto me. Sometimes the circumstances of our life do not warrant uh, a feeling of thankfulness or a, uh, an attitude of gratitude. In fact, sometimes circumstances of life, Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust. Those circumstances sometimes are downright bad. But still, we need to be thankful and look for something to be thankful for. There's always something positive for which we can be thankful in everything that happens. For the Bible says uh, that all things work together for our good if we will be thankful unto Him. I, I 
go through times in my life, and my life feels like the willow tree. It's called, many of you will know this, the weeping willow, its full name. It's mentioned in uh, this 137th Psalm, the second verse. It says, we hanged our harps upon the willows. And the willow tree, usually called the weeping willow, has its name for a reason. It's not without cause, because the name is a fair description of its character. Because when you look at a willow tree, it seems somewhat sad in its appearance. Now, this isn't the best, uh, most uh, appropriate willow tree you might ever see in your life, but I believe that's what this artificial item here on the platform is supposed to be. Most willow trees are much larger than this, but you can look at it and get the gist of what it looks like. The leaves hang down. The whole tree uh, looks like it's weeping. The branches are, are uh, curled over and pointing down. The leaves hang pointing to the ground. And that, that's a good description of a sad appearance. And the branches hang low in what would seem like uh, mourning or a mournful or a sad display. But it is also known for this verse in the Bible, the weeping willow is uh, known in some circles as the Babylonian weeping willow because of uh, the story that I read here in the Bible. And the significance of what's going on here is very uh, something very uh, interesting to think about. God's people were in a strange land, and they had uh, been carried away captive. They had been defeated militarily by uh, their enemy, the nation of Babylon, the Babylonian Empire, and the king of Babylon had come, and uh, those that he did not slay or kill in their life, he took back to Babylon with him. And uh, in this scenario, the children of Israel, as they're traveling back to Babylon, they stop by the rivers of Babylon. And uh, think about that. The, the term Babylon is literally translated confusion. So here the children of Israel were. They were set there uh, by a place that is literally called the place of confusion. And they sat down by the river, and they began to weep. The Scripture says they wept because of the past. They wept because of what was going on in the present, but they wept because of what they used to have in the past and the fact that they had it no more. They used to live in the beautiful nation of Israel. Here, the word Zion is mentioned. The word Zion is a reference, of course, to their homeland. And, and more than just the beauty of the land where they lived, it refers to their way of life and, and the way of life that God had blessed the nation of Israel with. Because the Bible says that when they followed him, he told them at the very beginning uh, of that nation with Abraham, and then he followed up with Moses. He told their leadership, you tell my people that as long as they walk with me, that I will bless them. As long as they serve me and worship me as the one true living God and, and give me uh, the accolades and the worship that's due unto me, I will bless them and I will give them military might and I will give them economic abundance and I will fill uh, your cabinets and your storehouses with crops and food and you won't go hungry and things will be the way you want them to be in your life. But God had also told them when you stray. When you stray and begin to look at 
the nations round about you and began to decide that you would rather worship their idol gods than me, then there's going to be a price to pay. And that's what happened. God was good on His promise to His people. And they had turned from Him and began to worship the false gods of the nations round about them. And so He allowed them, as He had promised, to be carried away captive by the Babylonians. And here they sat on the river. And uh, to add uh, injury to insult, they were asked to do something that was the farthest thing from their mind and their heart to do. For they were asked by their captors to sing a song. Sing a, a song. It says, they that carried us away captive, verse 3, required of us a song, and not just any old song. It says, they that wasted us required of us mirth, or the sound of joy and happiness. That's what mirth means. Uh, we want you to sing one of your, your old songs, the songs you used to sing when things were going good. We've heard about your singing ability, Israel. We've heard about how you love to worship your God. Well, go ahead and do it right now. Let, let's see what you got. And of course, that was exactly the opposite of what they felt like and wanted to do. Because here they were, now slaves bound for slavery in a foreign land. And their sadness had to do with not only being a captive in a strange nation, but now they're being told, sing a song. Sing a song for us. You, you seem to get the impression that their captors are taunting them. They're making fun of them. Entertain us, why don't you? But instead of singing the song as they were requested, Scripture says, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. These sad, remorseful, dejected people hung their praise up. They hung it up. They said, we don't feel like doing that right now. It's not time for that. We're going, to, uh, we're going to refuse to do that, and as a symbol, huge symbolism in their intent, in their heart, to not only not sing, but to have anything to do with that whole frame of mind, they did more than just refuse to sing. They took their harps, and they hanged them on the branches of those weeping willow trees there by the river of Babylon. They... I guess could be uh, congratulated of sorts for not singing for the enjoyment of their tormentors, the ones who had captured this, I suppose. But in that process, when they did that, they put away their, their means, their, their ability, and their desire to praise God. Circumstances don't always lend themselves to our feeling like being thankful to the Lord. Sometimes things come our way that that becomes the last thing we want to do. 
is have a thankful attitude and praise God and sing a song. I'm so glad that the Lord brought me out. That would have been a tough song for them to sing that day as they headed towards Babylonian captivity, wouldn't it? But they didn't understand a very important fact that no matter what the outside circumstances of our lives may be, this principle of giving praise to God is something that transcends all circumstances and all situations. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that it's something that we ought to not just be able to do and not just be desiring to do, but it's something we ought to be willing, most willing to do no matter what's going on around us. But when they hung their harps on those willow tree branches, they were putting away their ability physically, at least to accompany with musical instrumentation, and more importantly, their desire that was in their heart, they were, they were saying that that's no longer there. They were giving up their desire to praise God in the midst of when they needed it most. Because it's in the darkness of the midnight hour that you will find that's the very best time to praise God. In fact, it not only is the best time, it's the most needful time. If you ever need to praise God, it's when you're flat on your face and your face is in the dirt and you can't even have muster up the strength to pick yourself up and go on your way. It's when life has dealt you not just one or two, but many blows and setbacks. It's when your heart is broken in defeat. That's the time more than any other when you need to somehow let that, that, that voice flow across your vocal cords and the song emerge from your lips that some way and somehow praises the God that you serve. Uh, I, I, I want to try to convince somebody here this afternoon. It's not time for you to hang up your harp. No matter what you're going through or what you may have been or be experiencing, it's not time to, to uh, close your mouth when it comes to praising God. Not time. It just isn't. The Israelites, they were known for their beautiful music, both playing on instruments and uh, singing. Songs. They made beautiful music. They were known around the world for that. In fact, they were known for going around singing songs of praise to and about the Lord. But right here in this moment, they, they had reached a point here of uh, th this is really how they thought about it, and it's how the devil wants you to think about it, that the good times and the good memories and the good things and, and the family get-togethers and, and the bountiful harvest and, and uh, the music that they played and the songs that they sang commemorating that things were going good back there in the homeland. They, they thought in their mind, I've left that all behind me. I'm not, in their mind, they probably thought, never going to have that experience again. And, and they had reached a point I'm sure right here uh, of thinking that God could only move 
in their behalf back in Jerusalem. And so they decided they had really nothing else to praise God for. The Babylonians asked them to sing. Sing us a song. And their reply was, we can't sing a song, a song that we've sung before, a song that we definitely know how to sing. We've enjoyed singing it to the Lord many, many times in the past. It's what we do. It's what we were created for. It's what God gave us life for. And you're saying right now, Pastor, are you talking about the children of Israel in the Old Testament, or are you talking about us in the church today? Both. They knew it, and you and I ought to know it. If you're God's kid, you were formed and created and designed. Well, even if you're not, God gave you life to worship Him. God gave you breath in your body to let it flow out of your body in praise unto Him, in thanksgiving to the God who gave His life for you on an old rugged cross on a hill called Calvary, where because He did that, you can live forever and ever in a place called heaven. And besides that, you can have all of His blessings down here. And that song that you were given when you got up off the altar or rose up out of the waters of baptism. The devil will try to get you to stop singing that song, but you are never, ever, ever to do that. No matter what happens, you're to keep on singing that song. You're to keep on singing that praise unto God, because God hadn't changed. The circumstances may have changed. I may have changed, and you may have changed, but God, Jesus Christ, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whatever He's taken through you through in the past, He's going to take you through now, and He's going to take you through in the future. So don't change your song. Don't hang up your harp on the willow tree. In fact, you ought to sing the song louder. You ought to sing the song longer. If you're going through something today, get this in your heart. I need to praise God like I've never praised Him before. Hallelujah. That's the will of God for you in everything. Give thanks. When it's going good, when I like what's happening in my life, yes. But not when it's not, no. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I said, we, we, we can't do that, though. We can't sing the Lord's song in a strange land. We can't sing a song of praise in, in, in this place of bondage. My hands are tied. I, I don't know what's going to happen in my future. Why should I sing praise to God? You know, if things were going good, that'd be a different story. I wouldn't have any problems singing unto the Lord then. But as it stands right now, I don't have anything to praise God about. That is from the enemy. You need to kick that thought out of your mind just as soon as you realize it's there. Maybe you've never thought things like that, but I can bear witness to you that I have. When blessings are, are flowing, 
God's blessing, and it's obvious he's blessing all around me. I, maybe I've got plenty of money and lots to eat, and everybody's healthy. When family's great and when church is great and work is great, it's easy to praise God. We just, you know, sometimes we just can't help but shout victory when that's going on for the goodness of the Lord. But if all of a sudden the bottom suddenly drops out and suddenly somebody, you or, or some family member gets sick or you go to the bank and you don't know how it happened but somehow there's nothing there or you go to the cabinet and there's no food there to fix for dinner or, or, or nobody thinks you're what you're supposed to be anymore, or circumstances come along that literally throw you on the ground, and life becomes a wreck. And it's at that moment we are prone so easily to think thoughts to ourselves like, how can I praise God in the middle of all of this? I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is in these moments of the deepest, darkest despair. It's in these times of weeping, weeping, when it's not just tears flowing down your face, but it's the groaning from deep within. That's that kind of weeping going on while the rivers of confusion are flowing around you and you don't know what to do. It's in those moments of taunting by the enemy and torment because the enemy, when he knows you're down, he sure tries to jump on you and do all the damage that he can. It's when these things happen, when the very gates of hell itself have bombarded your life, when the devil is dancing on your misfortunes. That's the time. That's the place when you need to lift up Jesus and muster the words no matter what you have to do to get them out. To sing a song, I love you, Jesus. You're everything to me. One writer said, when you tried everything and everything has failed, why don't you try Jesus? I've come to tell somebody here today, there is a power in your praise that you can't get anywhere else. And I've come to tell you, no matter what the enemy may say, the worse things are going in your life, the more powerful your praise becomes. And the more you need to do it, the worse it is, the more you need to say, God, I don't see how, I don't know why, but I will lift up the name of my king. I will praise the king of kings and the Lord of lords because you are are worthy of my praise. You are worthy of every bit, of every single thought and word and deed that I can muster up to give you glory and praise. Hallelujah. Don't ever. I know without a, without a shadow of a doubt, God sent me here with a word from the Lord for somebody. And here it is. Don't ever, for any reason, don't ever, because of any condition, because of any captivity, because of any confusion, don't ever, ever stop singing your song.
of praise. Don't you ever even think about hanging up your harp. Because if you hang up your harp, if you give up your song, and you give up your song, then you're going to give up your victory. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. You don't even have to be on key. It doesn't matter if you have to sing it through tears of pain and hurt flowing down your cheeks. Don't you ever, ever stop singing your song. Don't ever, ever hang up your harp. Hallelujah. Never, 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 never. Psalm 33 and 2 says, Praise the Lord with a harp, singing to him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Psalm 147, 7, Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto God. Understand this today. There is great significance in this. Weeping, weeping, crying people. By the rivers of confusion, going up to sad trees and hanging up their instruments of praise on the branches. Let me tell you what that says. That says, we give up. We give in. We're done. There's nothing left to praise the Lord for anymore. If you ever heard a lie belched out of the pits of hell, you heard one right then. There's nothing left to praise the Lord for anymore. Listen, if the devil can stop you from praising, if he can silence your song, he might just be able to steal your victory. He just might get it done. So you make up your mind today. I don't want anyone walking out the doors of this building without a made-up mind, no matter come what may. I'm not going to stop singing my song, and I'm not going to hang up my harp, no matter what. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because if for no other reason, that's not the will of God for your life. God doesn't want you to hang up your harp. I don't care what any human being has told you, no matter what the circumstances are. God wants you to keep on singing. Oh, yes, he does. I promise you he does. I won't tell the story, but I'm reminded of Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas at midnight, they were going through some rough circumstances in jail, in the stocks. The Bible says they were beaten to a bloody pulp. Doesn't use that word, those words, but the picture is there. They were whipped for preaching the gospel, bleeding from multiple places on their body in tremendous pain, I am sure. The Bible says in Acts 16 that at midnight, did you catch that? Midnight. Some of you are at midnight right now. You couldn't find a light if your eternity depended on it. The light's still there. At midnight. Right in the middle of the trial, right in the middle of the difficulty, right in the middle of the storm, what did they do? They prayed, 
And then they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Get this. They are in chains in this dark, musty, dirty, nasty prison cell. Maybe a little bit of a flickering light from a candle. Maybe not from some distance far away. But it's midnight. And what do these nut jobs do? The world will call you a nut job if you do this. But I'm telling you, you don't take your marching orders from the world because the world never done nothing for you and it never will. You do what God tells you to do and he'll take you all the way to victory. And suddenly, and suddenly, and suddenly, the Bible says an earthquake hit that jail, and not just them, but everybody around them was freed. Listen, if you hang up your harp and you, you, you stop your song, it most certainly will not say suddenly in your story. But if you need a suddenly in your story today, listen to this. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. The devil doesn't want you to sing your song anymore because he knows that praise brings deliverance. It brings deliverance for you, and it brings deliverance for people around you. The devil knows if you'll stay bound in his trap of silence, if he can get you to stay quiet, then he's got you. Oh, but let every blood-washed kid and child of God praise him, for he is worthy. Oh, let every redeemed of the Lord say so. I've been bought by the blood of the Lamb. I'm on my way to heaven. There may be a bump or two in the road. But the devil's not going to stop me from going. My family's not going to stop me from going. My mistakes aren't going to stop me from going. Somebody else's hatred is not going to stop me from going. I'm going by the grace of God, and I'm never going to hang up my harp. I'm going to sing all the way to the streets of gold. Hallelujah. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou may be found. Surely in the floods, listen somebody, surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Some of you need to tell God this. In just a moment when I open up this altar, you need to come up here and say this. Scripture to God, thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt, listen to this, compass me about with songs, with songs of deliverance. Oh, I believe somebody here today needs to sing. Yeah. The devil's tried to steal your song. He said, you put that harp on the tree, turn around and walk away from it. You need to look the devil in the eye and say, no, sir, not me. Not me. I'm not going to stop playing. I'm not going to stop singing. I'm not going to stop praising God, for I have found a hiding place in Jesus. Let's stand together.
Hallelujah. I found a hiding place. So, so. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.